Our presentation this morning is entitled, How to Keep God's Day Holy. And last Sabbath, or last uh, Saturday night, we looked at the topic of the Bible Sabbath and saw that it is on the seventh day. And so we're going to look at the question today, how do we keep God's holy day? And so let's go ahead and bow our heads as we get into our message this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you so much, Lord, for being with us here this morning. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word. Lord, we thank you for the Sabbath, which is a blessing, Lord, to all humanity. And Lord, we pray that you would be with us now as we open up the sacred pages of your word. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that inspired the Bible writers, would speak to us today, Lord, that we might understand the full blessings of the Sabbath day that you've given to us, and that we might know how to keep it in a way that is pleasing to you. We ask for your blessing to be upon us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's begin our message this morning back in the beginning, back in the Garden of Eden where everything was beautiful, everything was perfect. God had just created the world in six days. And the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. It ends the creation week by saying this, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God did three important things on this seventh day. The Bible says, then God blessed the seventh day. He sanctified it. And because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So, God, so here we see that God blessed the seventh day. And friends, when God blesses something, he blesses it forever. Secondly, God sanctified the seventh day. He set it aside as a holy day, a special time, a special date for him and us to be able to spend quality time together in this busy rat race of life. It's not like all the other six days. It's a special day. And thirdly, God rested from all of his work which he had done. And he spent quality time with Adam and Eve, enjoying the creation that he had made and spending time with them, explaining to them probably all the wonderful things that he made and looking at the animals. I'm sure they had a wonderful time on that first Sabbath in the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, God has always had a people on earth that have kept the Bible Sabbath. Yes, it was kept, as we saw last week, it was kept before there was ever the Jewish nation. We saw that that people have been keeping the Sabbath ever, ever since, since the beginning. And we read, and as we read through the Bible, we see commands throughout Scripture to keep the Sabbath day holy. Look at uh, Exodus 31, 14 here on the screen. It says, you shall keep the Sabbath, therefore it is holy to you. Another verse here in Exodus 35, verse 2 says, Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be a holy day for you, a Sabbath rest to the Lord. And Leviticus 23, 3 says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is a Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So the question begs to be asked here, how are Christians supposed to keep the seventh-day Sabbath? It's a good question, right? God wants us to keep it holy, but how do we keep it holy? Well, this morning we're going to look at the Bible, and we're going to look at seven principles from God's Word on how to keep the Bible Sabbath. 
And we do have a study guide. Uh, if, if you didn't get one when you came in, we do have a study guide at the end uh, of the presentation that you can uh, jot down uh, some of the things that you've seen and, and remember from the presentation. So principle number one this morning is the preparation principle. It's important for us to plan and prepare for the Bible Sabbath. What do I mean by this? Well, let's go to God's word once again. In Luke chapter 23, verse 54, the Bible says, That day, that is the day Jesus was crucified, the day that Jesus died, was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. Now in the Bible, the sixth day, uh, our Friday, was known as the preparation day. It was the day to get ready for the Sabbath. The next verse says, And the women who had come with him from Galilee followed after, and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned to their homes and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they, and they rested on the Sabbath day according to the commandments. So here we see that these women who were followers of Christ, they, they, uh, they spent Friday in preparation. They were preparing spices and fragrant oils. But when the Sabbath came, they stopped preparing those spices, they stopped preparing that oil, and they rested from their work, the Bible says, according to the commandment. And they, they rested from the work, even the work of preparing the body of Jesus for burial. That's what they were preparing those spices and oils for. And how were they able to do this, friends? Well, it was because they prepared ahead of time. As soon as they knew that Jesus was being crucified and that he was dying, they started to prepare and to get ready. And the very next verse tells us in Luke chapter 24, verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and other certain women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. And when did they prepare it? They prepared it on Friday. So here we see early Sunday morning that they came to the tomb with the spices that they had prepared, and praise God, they found out that Jesus was not there. Amen? Jesus was not there. He was risen, and we praise him for that. He's conquered death. And just to review briefly from last weekend, we saw that Jesus died on Friday, the preparation, the preparation day before the Sabbath. He rested in the tomb on Saturday, or the Bible Sabbath, and uh, according to the commandment, and Jesus rose on the first day of the week. So we see this sequence of events very clearly in this passage there in Luke. So God designated the sixth day to be a preparation day for the Sabbath. Let's look now at another verse that explains this principle of Sabbath preparation. We want to compare scripture with scripture, amen? That's how we understand the Bible. If you come across a text and you're like, wow, I'm not, I don't understand that one too well, you want to compare that to another verse in Scripture. Compare, because God inspired the Bible writers, and one sheds light upon the other very often. Exodus chapter 16, verse 23, the Bible says, Then he, that is Moses, said to them, This is what the Lord has said. Friends, do you want to know what the Lord has said? It's, he said, Tomorrow is a Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake today, and boil what you will boil, and lay up for yourselves all that remains to be kept until morning. In other words, God was telling the people of Israel to get ready for the Sabbath, to prepare ahead of time for the Sabbath. Now, in those days, baking and cooking was an extra laborious process. You know, they had to go and they had to 
gather the wood, they had to make the fire, they had to, it, it took a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort to make that happen. There would be a lot of sweat involved probably out there in the desert. And each, uh, and the principle behind this is that God wanted them to prepare ahead of time so that they wouldn't have to do all that work on the Bible Sabbath. And to give you an example of, of how I apply this, um, and Kristen and I, and how we apply this to our lives each week, on Friday, oftentimes Kristen prepares the meal. She's the cook in the, in the home. She's a good cook, and I'm so grateful that she makes such yummy food for me. And praise the Lord, she, she prepares for the Sabbath, and so often she makes food on Friday to prepare it, and uh, that way we're just able to, to heat it up on Sabbath. So that way that preparation and that work is done so that we can enjoy that extra time that, that was saved in preparation with each other and with the Lord on the Sabbath day. So the idea behind this, I, this principle of preparation is to do as much as you can ahead of time so that the Sabbath can be a delight, so that it can be a blessing for you and for your family. God expects us to prepare for his blessings. He wants our businesses. He wants our homes. He wants our vehicles. And he wants our families to be ready for the Bible Sabbath. On Friday, we can prepare our homes by cleaning it. We can, we can prepare it for the presence of the Lord to be there with us as we open the Sabbath day. You know, growing up, I grew in a Sabbath-keeping home, and uh, my chore was to go around the house and vacuum. And to this day, that seems to be the chore that has stuck with me on Fridays. I go and I vacuum the house, and I, get a, I, I try and do what I can as often as I can to, to prepare for the Sabbath. So friends, we want our house to be ready for the Sabbath as well. And uh, we try to get all those mundane things done that we have to do during the six days of the week. We try to get those mundane things done so that on the Sabbath we can enjoy that special time with the Lord. It can be different. It can be a special date with God. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never been on a date where I've had to vacuum <laughs> or clean the bathroom. So, uh, so I try and do, we try and do those things ahead of time so that the Sabbath day can be a special date with Jesus. We even try to prepare our vehicles for the Sabbath. I'm just giving you some, some things that my wife and I try to do. We try and get the vehicles even ready for Sabbath. For instance, we try and get gas on Friday as often as we can if we know, if we know that we're getting low so we don't have to go out and purchase gas on the Sabbath. That's something that can easily be done on the other six days of the week. Friends, the more we prepare for the Sabbath, the more of a blessing it will be. And as a family, it's a beautiful thing to, to get ready for the Sabbath together and to prepare and to help one another. We saw last, last Saturday night that in Leviticus 23.32 that the Bible Sabbath begins and ends at sunset. The Bible says, from evening to evening you shall celebrate your Sabbath. Therefore, we want to have all of our preparation done by sunset on Friday um, so that we're not encroaching upon the Holy Sabbath hours. Each week, as the time changes, uh, we, as we go throughout the year, the time changes. And so in the winter, like we're approaching upon now, the sun is, is going down earlier, which means that the Sabbath starts earlier on Friday evening and ends earlier on Saturday evening. So let's keep that, mi that in mind as we seek to prepare for the Bible Sabbath. The second principle is the, is the separation principle. Keep the Sabbath holy. We saw text after text where God was telling the people of Israel to keep my Sabbath holy. 
So when it comes to the Sabbath day, we must remember that it is different. It is distinct. It's not like all the other six days. It's to be a holy day. The Bible says in the fourth commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you should labor and do all your work. Friends, the Sabbath commandment is not an excuse to be lazy. The Bible commandment right there says that six days you should labor. Amen? Amen. You should do some useful work, whether you're retired or whether you're still young and, and in school. You're doing that work on those six days, and on the seventh day, you can rest from your work, whatever that work is for you. In fact, right here in the commandments, like I said, it, it tells us that we need to work. So the verse continues here. In verse 10, it says, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord did what? It says that he blessed the, se- the, the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. And as we saw earlier, that means that he set it apart as a holy day. He sanctified it. So this principle deals with how to keep the Sabbath holy. Right here in the fourth commandment, uh, it comes right out and says one way that you can keep the Sabbath day holy, and that is to not work. Just don't do it. Don't work. Abstain from work on that day. That's, that's real work that you get paid for, as well as other mundane tasks that may be done easily throughout the week. In other words, if it can be done during the week, I'll go ahead and do those things during the week, but not on the Holy Sabbath day. That's why my wife and I, we've chosen to do our shopping on the other six days of the week. Uh, we run our errands on the other six days of the week. We go to the bank. We, we do our budget. We do all those types of business transactions. We do all those on the other six days of the week, but not on, on the Holy Sabbath. And some people uh, may, may look at this and they may say, wow, I can't imagine doing that. You know, that, that, that's difficult. That's a total change of, of thought, a total paradigm change. Well, friends, God, God can help us all, amen? And God is teaching us all gradually and he's guiding us as we go in this journey in life. And so I just encourage you to trust in the Lord. He, he will help make it plain for you. But when we, as we do this preparation, it helps make that day extra special. Now, what about the servant part of this fourth commandment? It says that your servants, your male servant and your female servant, should do no work as well. Well, none of us uh, probably have any male or female servants, I'm guessing, um, at home. But we do pay people to work for us at times, don't we? Sometimes you pay for someone to come and maybe mow your yard or do some tree work for you or, or whatever it may be, give you, give you an estimate, do some home repairs, Uh, Those are things that can be done on the other six days of the week because God says right here, your servants should not do any work. And biblically speaking, once you make that transaction, uh, you're paying someone to do it. They are becoming your servant, so to speak. Um, So let me illustrate this uh, in my own life. Like like I said and I hinted at, I don't schedule people to work for me on the Sabbath day. It's, It's the holy day of the Lord. I don't go out to eat even because... I don't want to make the servers serve me. I don't want them to have to wait on me and to work extra on that day. 
if I'm traveling, if my wife and I are traveling and we're going someplace and we have to, and we have to stay in a hotel, we'll, we'll try to put the do not disturb sign on the door so that our cleaners don't have to do unnecessary work on the Sabbath day. We would rather have them skip our room for that day and, and give them a break um, because it is the holy day of the Lord. That can, uh, it, it can wait. It can be cleaned on Sunday, right? <laughs> can you reuse that towel? It's, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> so we see that the Bible says that even your servants should be free from work. Let's now look at a passage in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. Here, Nehemiah had returned from Jerusalem, from the city of Shushan, and he was led by God to help rebuild the wall of Jerusalem around the city because the Babylonians had come and destroyed the wall in the city. And here in Nehemiah chapter 13 and uh, verses 15 to 18, he, he writes of the way that people were profaning the Sabbath day. It says this, it says, In those days, I, Nehemiah, saw people, treading, uh, saw people in Judah treading wine presses on the Sabbath and bringing in sheaves and loading donkeys with wine, grapes, figs, and all kinds of burdens, which they had brought into Jerusalem on which day? On the Sabbath day. And I warned them about the day on which they were selling provisions. Friends, the Jews knew that they should not be working on the Sabbath day. They studied God's word, amen? They knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. They knew that God had commanded them to refrain from work and from business transactions. And so here Nehemiah warns them. He says, don't do any work on the Sabbath day. It continues, it says, men of Tyre dwelt there also. They were not, uh, they were not Jewish. They were not uh, Israelites. But men of Tyre dwelt there and they brought in fish and all kinds of goods and they sold them on the sabbath to the children of judah and in jerusalem then i nehemiah contended with the nobles of judah he's fighting he's not fighting but he's he's uh promoting the truth here so he's contending with the nobles of judah and said to them what evil thing is this that you do by which you profane the sabbath day did not your fathers do thus? And did not our God bring all this disaster upon us and on this city? Yet you bring added wrath on Israel by, pro by profaning the Sabbath day. So you know what Nehemiah is saying here? He's saying that part of the reason that the Babylonians came and destroyed Jerusalem and the Jewish nation is because God's people were breaking the Sabbath. They were not keeping the Sabbath as God had desired of them. And the Jews knew this was sinful. They knew that it was wrong, but they were doing it anyways. And so God let them be taken captive by the Babylonians. And here the Jews had, had just come back, and God had led Nehemiah to bring about revival and reformation in Israel. God was using Nehemiah to do a great work uh, in those days. And so here Nehemiah is. He's urging them to not do business commerce on the Sabbath day, to not exchange money, not to, not to buy products from these people of Tyre, and not to exchange goods between one another. The passage continues in verse 19. It says, So it was at the gates of Jerusalem, as it began to be dark before the Sabbath, that I commanded the gates to be shut and charged that they must not be opened until after the Sabbath. So 
Nehemiah, if, if you haven't caught this, Nehemiah is a take charge kind of guy. <laughs> he believed that God was leading him, and so he, he was out there. He was trying to get the people to see the importance of keeping the Sabbath. And to do so, he went out there and he shut the doors. He had the doors of the city, the gates of the city shut, so that no one could be buying and selling and transacting goods on that day. So he tried to make these reforms. He tried to to turn Israel uh, back into a faithful Sabbath-keeping people. He tried to help them see the importance of keeping the Sabbath. But the heathen tried to uh, come another time or two, the Bible says, to sell goods to them. Uh, Look at what it says here in Nehemiah chapter 13, verses 20 and 21. It says, Now the merchants and sellers of all kinds of wares lodged outside of Jerusalem, once or twice. So they came, they came like usual, and they were trying to, you know, see if they could do some transactions with the Israelites on their Sabbath. Uh, It says they came once or twice. Then I, Nehemiah, I warned them. (laughs) I warned them, and I said, why do you spend the night around the wall? If you do so again, I will lay hands on you. This was a serious deal to God, friends, is keeping the Sabbath. And from that time on, they came no more on the Sabbath. Friends, God wants us to be intentional about keeping the Sabbath holy. And it's a process of learning, as I mentioned earlier. On a day-by-day basis, God is teaching us. Week by week, we're learning and we're growing. Year by year, God is working in our lives. Pray, pray and ask God how you can best be prepared for the Sabbath day. If there's something that you can do, any other day of the week, then do it on those days, but not on the Sabbath day. Because you don't want to be focused, as I said earlier, on the mundane things of life on the Sabbath day, the regular cares and burdens of, the, of, of your life. Because by doing those things on the Sabbath, those mundane things, those business things, we're, we're simply forgetting the Sabbath. And what's the first word of the fourth commandment? It says to remember, remember the Sabbath. But, but if we do all those things, if we treat it just like every other day, we are forgetting the Sabbath. We're not remembering it. And we're losing the blessing of the Sabbath day. Those things, those, those daily transactions, they take away from our time with the Lord on the Sabbath day. And they take away from the specialness of the day. Okay, so some may be thinking, well, I, I won't work outside my home on the Sabbath day, but, but is it okay for me to go ahead and just bring work home and I'll just do work from home? <laughs> Don't do it, friends. Don't do it. Don't carry the burdens of work home. Don't dwell upon work things all throughout the Sabbath day. That's like going on a date with, with your special someone and the whole time they're, they're talking to you, you're thinking about something completely different, something totally unrelated. Don't, don't mull over the issues of work and business on the Sabbath day. It will make it extra special. The Bible word, uh, the, the word that's translated Sabbath actually means, it's Shabbat, it means to stop. It means to cease and cease and experience the blessings of God on this day. The third principle on how to keep God's holy day is the compensation principle, the light in it. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 58, 13 and 14, it says, If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a what? 
a delight. It's not to be a drudgery, friends. It's to be a delight. It's to be a blessing. The holy day of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words. Then, there's a promise here. It says, then you shall delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. What a wonderful text, friends. What a wonderful promise of joy and freedom that as we keep the Sabbath, God is going to take care of us. Amen. He's going to take care of us. He will supply all of our needs. Notice that God wants us to especially honor him on the Sabbath day, not by doing our own ways, nor finding our own pleasure, nor speaking our own words. Friends, God wants our undivided attention on this day. How would you like to go on a date with someone? And the whole time that you're on that date with them, they're on their phones and they're texting and they're on Facebook, they're doing all these things and they spend absolutely no time with you. Would that be a good date or a bad date? That would be a bad date, right? You probably wouldn't want to go and repeat that date ever again. What, imagine, imagine that that's what it's like for God, you know, on the Sabbath day. It's our date with him, but if we do all these things, these other things that we could do some other day, it's like we're basically standing God up on, on the date that he's set aside for us. Or how, would, or how would you like to spend the entire day with the one that you love, and you've been looking forward to it all week, but then they spend the whole day playing video games and, and uh, watching movies and leaving you completely out of it? That, would that make you feel special? Probably not. Would that honor you? No, that would not. It, it, would be, it would be terrible. But the Bible tells us that God wants us to especially honor him on the Sabbath. Yes, we should honor God on all days. Amen? We should honor God in everything that we do. We should seek to bring glory and honor to God. But there is one day especially on which we need to honor him. And when it comes to keeping the Sabbath holy, and you're, and you're wondering what is appropriate to do on the Sabbath, ask the question, would this honor God? It's a good way to know whether something's appropriate to do on the Sabbath or not. Would this honor God? Would this be pleasing to God? Would this draw me closer to the Lord? Would it bring me closer to the Lord or would this activity bring me farther away from the Lord? And, and whatever the answer is to that question, that should determine what you decide to do. If it's going to take you farther away from the Lord, I would do it on another day. That's, that's what I would encourage you to do. And God, and God is not wanting to make the Sabbath a miserable day. As we saw in the last verse, it, the Bible says that he wants the Sabbath to be a delight. He wants us to take joy in this day as a special day with him. You can make the Sabbath special. And on Friday evening, as the sun is setting, many Sabbath keepers try and do something special for the Sabbath. Often they meet together as a family and they read from the Bible. They pray together. They sometimes sing songs uh, to open the Sabbath together. It's a special way of welcoming God's, God's presence in God's holy day. Often, as I said, they sing songs. And sometimes uh, I would encourage you even to read the passage in Psalm 92. It's a beautiful psalm that is written especially for the Sabbath day. So go home and check that out here today, Psalm 92. It was written particularly for the Sabbath day. 
So take delight in God's special date with you. The fourth principle of Sabbath keeping is the celebration principle. Worship with others on the Sabbath. Isaiah chapter 56 verse 6 says, Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to, the love, and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain. So even people that aren't of Israel, God is bringing them. He's bringing them and, and leading them to know about the Sabbath so that they can come to his holy mountain and make them joyful. Where? In my house of prayer. Friends, we should be joyful in the house of prayer. Amen? We should be joyful in the house of the Lord. It continues, it says, Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for how many people? For all nations. All nations, all people groups. So here God is saying that there are other people out there that are looking for God. They're searching for truth. And that God's people should open their arms wide and receive them as they come to worship at the house of the Lord. The passage continues. It says, The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. So God plans to bring a lot more people that don't know about the Sabbath to know about the Sabbath and to be able to worship the Lord together in these last days. Look at what we're told in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24. The Bible says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Here, God is encouraging his people to assemble together. He doesn't want us to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as some do. But instead, he wants us to gather together with other believers. And what should we do when we gather together? Well, this verse tells us, it says that we should stir up love and good works. We should exhort one another. That means we should teach one another. We should encourage one another. And we should do this how often? We should do this more and more as we see the day approaching. And what day is that referring to, friends? It is referring to the second coming of Jesus. And is that day approaching? It is. It is approaching as we've seen. And God, Jesus is coming soon. And so as we see his coming draw nearer and nearer, nearer and nearer, we need to be gathering together more and more to worship together, to study together, to pray together, to have fellowship with one another. God doesn't want us to go through this Christian journey by ourselves. He, there are other believers out there that we can worship with. The Sabbath is one of those days that we can especially get together as a body of believers, and we can worship the Lord together. Yes, we can worship God every day of the week, but the Sabbath day is a special day that God has set aside for worship. It's also a day for personal Bible study. It's a day for group Bible study. It's a time where believers can pray together. They can pray for one another as we had our praise and prayer time here today. That's a blessing to be able to know how we can pray and uplift one another in prayer throughout the week. It's also a day to use our, our, our talents for God's glory, to be able to be a blessing to others.
And we'll even get together to worship the Lord on the Sabbath when we get to heaven and on the new earth. The Bible tells us in Ezekiel, uh, sorry, Isaiah 66, 22 and, and, and 23, it says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I, will cre- which I will make, shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your descendants and your name remain. And it, oops, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come worship, come to worship before me, says the Lord. This is amazing, friends. We're going to be worshiping God on the Sabbath, even in heaven and even on the new earth that he's going to recreate. So if we're going to be keeping it in heaven, why not start keeping it now? Amen? Why not start keeping it now together with other believers? The fifth principle of Sabbath keeping is the contemplation principle. Focus on God's creation. God has made a beautiful world for us, amen? Yes, it has been marred by sin, but there is still much that is beautiful out there. Genesis chapter 2, let me see here. Okay, Genesis 2, 2 and 3 says, Then God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it. We've seen this. And he rested in it from all his work which God had created and made. We see that the Sabbath was the climax of creation. So it's very appropriate for us as Christians to spend time thinking about God's creation on the Sabbath, to think about his handiwork. And, uh, you know, the Bible says, look, look at the, the handiwork. The stars are God's handiwork. You know, the mountains, it's so beautiful to, to, to dwell upon what God has made for us. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, it affirms God's creative power as a reason that he is worthy to, to be worshipped. The Bible says, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created how many things? All things, and by your will they exist and were created. Friends, God takes special delight when we contemplate, when we dwell upon, when we think about the beautiful things that he's created for us. Because it makes us, it reminds us of the amazing God that we serve. Amen? Sabbath is a wonderful time to do that. Sabbath isn't the the time to, to turn on the TV and just veg out. It's not the time to just watch movies all day. It's, it, unless it, maybe it's a religious program that will be spiritually uplifting. But friends, it's a wonderful time to be able to go out into nature, take a nature walk, go out and see the beautiful world that God has created. Friends, we are so blessed to be here in the Northwest. I'll tell you this. I grew up in a place far from here in Nebraska. And Nebraska is beautiful, but the, North way, the Northwest is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So it's a good day. The Sabbath is a good day to be able to explore God's nature and to, to, to dwell upon his goodness and, and his love for us, that he's preserved this beautiful creation for us. There's something restorative about being out in nature. The sound of the water, the sound of the birds, walking uh, and seeing the trees, seeing the mountains, it's a wonderful experience. It's great to be able to take your children and your grandchildren out and to show them the things that God has made and to explain some of the things out there in nature and to learn about them together. You can, see how, you can tell them how God has made each animal unique and tell them different things about them. And it just shows how wonderful and how, uh, how creative our God is to make all the unique animals and, and plants that we have. 
The sixth principle of Sabbath keeping is this, the restoration principle. Bring blessing and healing on the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 2, verse 27, the Bible says, And he, that is Jesus, said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Now notice that word man is actually to be translated mankind, all of mankind. It's, it's not referring to the Jewish people. It's referring to all mankind. The Sabbath was made for everybody to enjoy and to be blessed by. So how can we be a blessing to people on the Sabbath? Well, as we've already seen, we can use our talents and abilities to bless others on the Sabbath. I was blessed very much as Mitchell used his talents that God has given him to sing that song. That was a blessing. If you have the gift of teaching, you can teach on the Sabbath day, and that can be a blessing to others. If you're a good encourager, you can encourage people on the Sabbath day. That is a blessing. Everybody needs a little bit of encouragement, amen? <laughs> we all need some encouragement. We can all use our talents and gifts to be a blessing to others. And then Jesus goes on in Matthew 12 to further explain this principle of Sabbath, uh, of bringing a blessing on the Sabbath and also healing on the Sabbath day. Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 12 explains to the Pharisees who believed that it was wrong to heal on the Sabbath. To them, the Sabbath was more about their own blessing. It was more of a selfish thing. It, it had grown to that. It, it wasn't like that originally, but that's what it had grown to become. It was more of a selfish thing rather than a blessing to others. And this is what Jesus said in Matthew 12, verses 8 to 10. Jesus says, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man with a, who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Notice, they didn't really ask because they wanted to hear the reason why Jesus was going to heal on the Sabbath. They asked that they might accuse him. They were trying to get Jesus in trouble with their laws. Then the Bible says, Then, Je then Jesus said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value, then, is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So here we see from Jesus' illustration there with the Pharisees that it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's lawful to help those in need. It's lawful to help an ox or a sheep out of the ditch. It's lawful to stop on the side of the road and help someone that has a flat tire. Amen? If someone is going through a rough time, it is lawful to stop and listen to them, encourage them, and be a blessing to them. It's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Don't wait until Sunday if there is an immediate need that needs to be met. If there is a suffering animal or a suffering person, God wants us to take care of them on that day. If it's not something that can't wait until Sunday, he wants us to take care of it on the Sabbath day, because the Sabbath was a day of healing. The Bible, Jesus showed by his example that it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Also in John chapter 5, we find a story of Jesus healing on the Sabbath. You're probably familiar with the story. Jesus was uh, walking by the pool of Bethesda, and there were people there that waited by the pool because 
they believed that when there was a special moving of the waters, that the, that the first person into the water would be healed. And there was a man who had been, been sick for 38 years. That's a long time to be sick. Very long time. But let's pick up the story here in John chapter 5, looking at verse 6. The Bible says, When Jesus saw this man lying there, and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time. 38 years is a long time to be sick. He said to him, do you want to be made well? What a question Jesus asked him. If you were sick for 38 years, what would your answer be? Yes, absolutely. If you know a way to heal me, please do. I would love that. But the sick man answered and said to him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. He was kind of hopeless, friends. He didn't know if there would ever be a time that he could be healed. But Jesus said to him, Rise, take your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Jesus is a working, he's a God that works miracles, amen? He can heal the sick. So he says, immediately this man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. And that day was which day? It was the Sabbath. Friends, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's lawful to heal on the Sabbath. Jesus thought that it was a good idea to relieve human suffering on the Sabbath day. But the Pharisees, on the other hand, did not. They were furious that Jesus did this. (laughs) Those, Those Pharisees. It says there in verse 16, It says, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and they sought to kill him because he had done these things on which day? On the Sabbath. Unbelievable, friends. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Now, friends, I want to bring something out here. Jesus did not break the Sabbath commandment. Let's be clear on that. If Jesus had broken the Sabbath, uh, the Sabbath commandment, he would be a sinner. And if Jesus was a sinner, he would not be our perfect Savior. He was without blemish. Amen. He was without spot or sin of any kind. He was holy and pure. And that's why he was the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Instead, Jesus was giving us an example of how we should truly keep the Bible Sabbath in helping those who are less fortunate, in sharing the truth with those in darkness, in doing good to others. What Jesus did break was the extra laws that the Pharisees had put around the law of God. They had created a wall of rules that they put around the Ten Commandments because they didn't want to break the Ten Commandments and so they created a whole bunch of extra rules including things like you shouldn't walk, uh, you shouldn't go on a, on a journey too far on that particular day, you shouldn't, you shouldn't walk a, a certain amount, you shouldn't take up your bed and walk like this man that was healed. They had all sorts of rules and Jesus broke those rules because that was not a part of the Ten Commandments. Amen? He was trying to show them how to truly keep the Sabbath. Friends, we don't want to get caught up in rules about the Sabbath. We want to look at principles from God's word. Amen. 
And that's why I'm sharing principles here today. I want you to take these principles home with you, pray about it, search the scriptures, and, and, and ask, ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to do on the Sabbath day? How can I make it a special day with you? Now, people have often asked the question, uh, well, does this mean that I can do my nursing duties or my doctor duties on the Sabbath? And friends, the answer is yes, you can heal on the Sabbath day. Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. But however, several Sabbath-keeping doctors and nurses that I know have shared with me the process of how they've, they've processed all these principles. Uh, since healing is their profession and something they do the other six days of the week, how do they process this, uh, these principles from the scriptures? Well, if they get scheduled to work on that day, oftentimes they've chosen to not take any pay. Or if they do get paid, they donate that money to the Lord's work. They donate it back to God's cause because they're not doing, they're not doing work on that day for a paycheck. They're doing work on that day to help others, to be a blessing. They're, they're serving. They're seeking to, to help those in great need. Other doctors have told me that they don't schedule surgeries on that on the Sabbath day. They try their best to not schedule surgeries as, as much as possible unless it's an emergency. And if it's an emergency, it's okay, isn't it? We're helping the ox out of the ditch. We're helping that person who is suffering and in need. I think that's in keeping with the spirit of the Sabbath commandments. Healing others is good on the Sabbath as long as it's not a service and as long as it's not a job. It's not something you're getting paid to do. Not something that you're doing for yourself. The Sabbath is a great day also to visit people. Visit people that are downcast, people that are discouraged, people that are depressed and lonely. It's, good to, it's a good day to be able to go out and visit the elderly, people that aren't able to get out so much, maybe people that, um, that, that, come to, that, that can't come to church because of health conditions. It's a great day to be able to go out and be a blessing to them. So we've seen that healing is, in, is, is a good thing to do on the Sabbath. Visitation and ministry to others are perfect activities on the Sabbath day. The sixth principle of Sabbath keeping is this. The faith, sorry, the seventh principle of Sabbath keeping is this. The faith relation principle. Uh, enter into God's rest. The principle, this principle is subtle, but it's very important. Follow carefully here. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 9 through 11 says, There remains therefore a rest. Now that word rest is from the Greek word sabbatismos. Now what does that word sound like? It sounds a lot like Sabbath. And that's what it's referring to. It's referring to a rest that God has for his people. Therefore remains therefore a rest or sabbatismo for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. That's why we cease from our works is because God ceased from his works. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Now what example of disobedience is Paul talking about? Well, he's talking about the disobedience of, I believe he's talking about the disobedience of Israel in the wilderness. And they were there in the wilderness. God had a plan for them. God wanted to take them from Egypt and he wanted to take them into the promised land. 
And so he sent the spies into the land to, to spy out the land. And, and some came back with a negative report. And as a result of that negative report, the Israelites doubted God. They doubted that God would take care of them. They doubted that God would provide for them and give them the land. And so they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 long years. That's, that, that is what I believe the Apostle Paul had in mind. And he's saying, don't do that again. Don't go through that experience again. What God has in mind for you and I is to enter into a new level of blessing. But in order to do that, we need to trust what God says. We need to have faith in God's word. Amen? Look at the context here in, in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. In verse 19, it says, So we see that they, that is the people of Israel, could not enter in because of what? Because of unbelief. They didn't trust God. They didn't trust that God would provide for them. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Friends, we need to trust God. That's what we need to do in these last days is to develop that trusting relationship with him now in times of relative peace because there are times coming that are going to be much more troublesome. And we need to learn how to surrender our will to him now in the small things as well as in the big things. And we can come to the Sabbath trusting that God will take care of us. If keeping the Sabbath means that you might lose your job, then believe that God can give you a better job. Amen? God can provide you with work. He owns the cattle on, the thousand, on a thousand hills, the Bible says. He can provide for you and help you to get the Sabbath off. And uh, if any of you have a work conflict ever with the Sabbath, just talk to me. I can write a letter, and I, I've written letters before for people, and it's, it's been able to help their employers understand their new beliefs, their new convictions on the Bible Sabbath. And for those of us that have, had been, that have been keeping the Sabbath for a long time, we need to remember that we don't keep the Sabbath just because it's a habit. We don't, we don't just keep the Sabbath because it's a habit. We keep it in faith. We keep it because we want to enter God's rest. We want to trust God. Friends, we need that spiritual rest. We need that spiritual rejuvenation that only God can give. And we want to go deeper with God than we've ever gone before. What do you say? Amen. Don't be content with where you're at spiritually. Seek by faith to keep growing. Seek by faith to have a deeper and more rich experience with the Lord. So in closing, let's review our seven principles of keeping the Sabbath day holy. Number one is the preparation principle. Plan for the Sabbath day. The more you plan for it, the more special the day will be. Just like, you know, when, when couples get married, they start planning the wedding months and months in advance. Why? Because they want that day to be a special day, an, an awesome day, a day that they won't forget. God wants us to plan for the Sabbath. Number two, the separation principle. Keep the Sabbath day holy. It's not the same as all the other six days. God blessed this day. He sanctified it. He made it holy. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Number three, the, comp the compensation principle. Delight in the Sabbath. God has given us a Sabbath as a blessing, and he wants us to take delight in it. 
because it's a whole day, 24 hours that we can spend with our Creator God, our church family, and our other brothers and sisters in Christ. Principle number four, the celebration principle, worship with others on the Sabbath day. God doesn't want us to have to worship alone. God, there are other believers out there that keep the Sabbath day. And it's so important to be able to have that fellowship, that encouragement, that accountability. And, and as we saw, we can stir one another up with good works. We can, we can exhort one another. We can teach each other and learn new things on the Sabbath day. Number five, the contemplation principle, focus on God's creation. God has made a beautiful world for us, and, and, and all the creatures that we see, all the things that, we, that God has made show us the beauty of God's character, shows us how much he loves us, shows us how much he cares for us, and for all of the things that we see out there, all the animals, God takes care of them. And number six, the restoration principle, bring blessing and healing on the Sabbath day. You know, the Sabbath is not just all about what kind of blessing I can get, but it's about how can we be a blessing to others on the Sabbath day? How can I, how can I bring a blessing to someone and, and those that I come in contact with today? Is there someone that I could call to encourage? Is there a letter that I could write? Is there an email I could send to encourage someone on the Sabbath day to bring a blessing to them? Number seven, the faith relation principle. Enter into God's rest. Friends, God wants us to enter into his rest. He wants us to have that true spiritual rest in him. Friends, the Sabbath has been such a blessing in my life. I've been a Sabbath keeper since the time that I was a child. And uh, as I've grown, I've understood more and more the importance of the Sabbath day. And uh, at first, when I was younger, I didn't always see the importance of it. You know, I had to, I stopped playing my video games on the day because my mom didn't want me to play. I, I stopped watching TV because she didn't want me to watch TV on that day. But you know what, friends, as I, as I went to church, as I continued to study God's word, I started to love the Sabbath day. It was a day I didn't have to do homework. <laughs> it was a day that I didn't have to worry about all the stresses of life. I could focus on my relationship with the Lord. I could focus on, on being with my family and being a blessing to one another. And so, friends, I pray, I pray that these principles were helpful to you today. As we, as we saw them from God's word. And I pray that you will truly consider them and, and prayerfully consider them and study them out that God might show you how you too can keep the Sabbath day holy. Let's pray as we close. Father in heaven, Lord, we want to thank you so much for the holy Sabbath day. Lord, we thank you that you've set this day aside, Lord, not as a drudgery, but as a blessing, Lord, a day that we can take delight in, a day that we can spend with you, with our families. Lord, we don't have to worry about all the terrible things that are happening in this world. Yes, they're happening, but Lord, we can find out on Sunday. <laughs> Lord, we can, spend that, we can spend this day with you and it, we can be at peace. We can have peace with you and with one, with one another. Lord, we pray that you would be with us, Lord, as we as we contemplate these principles, as we think about these principles from Scripture, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, that, that you would help us to ask the questions, Lord, will this activity bring glory and honor to you? Lord, will this activity help draw me closer to you, or will it lead me farther away from you? Lord, please guide us in this process, Lord. Continue to grow us, and may we continue to learn at your feet, Lord. Bless us on this Sabbath day. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.